Hi and welcome to the Diluted Film Dive. We are your hosts. I'm Jazz. I'm Gary. And today we are going to go through the nominations for Best Picture for the Oscars, which is this weekend. As these films are quite fresh and new, we are going to avoid spoilers for once, so that's uh, good news for everyone else. And uh, don't worry if you haven't seen any of the films before the Oscars this weekend. We're here simply to let you know what we thought of these films so that you can watch whichever one you like the sound of. And in your own time, there's no point rushing to watch a movie just before they, they, they're given awards, because movies are forever. So, let's start the show. All right, so the first movie we will start with is The Sound of Metal. It is a movie directed and written by Darius Martyr. Um, he's done his prior work, um, the one big movie he's done prior to this was The Place Beyond the Pines, starring Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper. Um, in total, it has six nominations, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor for Paul Racy. Uh, best actor for Riz, of course. Best original screenplay, best editing, and best sound. Um, the Sound of Metal, it's a movie about a a metal drummer who slowly loses his um, his hearing. Um, it's a movie about acceptance, about him dealing with the fact that this part of his life, he... It's the, the fact that this part of his life is kind of over. Like, he has to accept that and kind of move forward. And it's a very heavy, heavy film. Going into it, you kind of thought it'd be like Whiplash, where, oh, it's going to be uh, a, a, deaf, a deaf guy who's going to be just keep going with the music. And so it was a lot more deeper than I anticipated. And it's, um, Riz is amazing. Uh, Riz is great in it. Uh, I was reading that um, to prepare for the role, he actually wore, like, earplugs to, like, make him deaf and uh unfortunately he had to kind of stop because i think he was uh like it was affecting him a bit too much right but um it's just it's such a crazy it's such a crazy film it premiered at tiff uh i think in 2019 and it just took a while for it to be released uh you can find it on amazon prime um this is one of my favorite movies of the year it really is. It's um, it's a deep psychological dive into someone who's lost something so dear, um, and it's not a love-based uh, film. So it's just you lost something that you're passionate about, and imagine that like, imagine not being able to watch films, right, Karn? Like that's oh, kind of yeah. It's I, just unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Other than that, uh, Paul Racy had a great supporting role. Um, he was good, but I, he doesn't have a chance in hell. I think the um, I'll mention the best supporting actors in the one uh, I later films, but uh, it's kind of just like give me a supporting actor. If he wins, I'll be surprised and people will be pissed. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because uh, there's a lot more better actors of color who've done a better job this year. Um, yeah. For Riz, I won't be angry if he wins it. I do think it's a three horse race this year um, mm-hmm. between Riz. Um, Steven Young of uh, Minari and then Chadwick Boseman. Um, I think Chadwick's going to be the lead just because it's a posthumous Oscar. Um, he's he's just great as well, but we can do a Chadwick Boseman podcast uh, later. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, so we'll move on to Mank, which is David Fincher's uh, latest film. 
um, is being nominated for 10 Oscars. I think it is the most Oscars nominated for this year, mm-hmm. uh, including Best Picture, obviously, um, Best Actor by uh, Gary Oldman, Best Directing, um, Best Actress in Supporting Role with Amanda Seyfried, and um, Best Sound, Best Production Design, Best Music Written for the uh, for Motion Picture, um, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Costume Design, and Best Cinematography. So yeah, of course, we all know David Fincher, the director of this film. He's directed films like Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, and The Social Network, the Facebook movie, as we all call it. And it's this film was written by Jack Fincher. We're all thinking, who the hell is Jack Fincher? David Fincher doesn't have a brother called Jack. Don't, know, don't even know if he has a brother. But this is actually his late father who passed away in 2003. So it looks like it was a... It seems like it is a, a film that he has been probably wanted to make for a while now. And um, so that's a fun fact. And uh, yeah, and I've looked into it and it, he seems like he hasn't written anything other than this film. So it looks like it was a dear thing. Um, but he had written biopics in the past... Um, I think it was more novel based like for example he did it on uh, uh, Howard Hughes um, which ultimately then got turned into a film um, by Martin Scorsese The Aviator but I don't think he had any involvement with the writing or anything like that it's just that I don't know if that was anything to do with him to be honest I'm starting to doubt myself but anyway moving on so we're starring starring Gary Oldman as we all know him as uh, Commissioner Gordon in The Dark Knight um, Leon, the best vil- with the, him as the best villain in that film ever, well in the 90s anyway and then Bram Stoker's Dracula probably greatest depiction of uh, Dracula and then we got Amanda Seyfried who's in Mean Girls and Mamma Mia, that's the only two films I could think of when I wrote this down and then Lily Collins um, great. Wait, can, can I ask one special fact about Amanda Seyfried that we forgot on the on. superhero podcast she was offered the Gamora role first and turned it down because she didn't want to be painted green for four or five hours a day. Oh, God, yeah. Our win, because Zoe Saldana is a goddess. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, Lily Collins, um, she is... A f- I, I know her from a lot of, like, different things, but, like, I can't ever pinpoint what she is from. But she was in that... Um, I'm sure she was in that, uh, serial, that serial killer film with uh, Zac Efron. forgot the name. The... Fin- the Wicked film where it's a really long title but um, then she was in the, To the Bone and she's also in a new Netflix show that my wife watches uh, Emily in Paris but she's a fairly new British actor well probably not new but up and coming um, per se and um, okay so moving on to the plot so picture this as you will it's late 30s early 40s in Hollywood early 40s and the film studio RKO hires Orson Welles as we know as one of the greatest film makers of all time under a contract that gives him full creative control of his movies and then uh, Orson Welles for his first movie under this contract he hires Herman Mankiewicz which is who it is Mank uh, which is nicknamed Mank as we all know the reason why because his surname is pretty hard to pronounce um, to write his first screenplay and um, that film is as we all know today is, which is considered one of the greatest films 
of all time, uh, Citizen Kane. So this film is basically the story behind how it was written. And my thoughts on this is, uh, well, I have a lot to say about it. Um, so it's a great insight on how Hollywood was in that era. So like, it was good insight on seeing how actors were under contract within, so with certain studios and couldn't cross over. So you'd have like, for example, in today's world, like uh, MGM, uh, let's say, well, Universal and Warner Brothers, if you if you have to work for them and you don't want to be able to do their films at that time, it's just a bit like a lot of fighting over actors and producers would be like going through meetings, almost a bit like a transfer window in like the football. And um, the, it was a beautiful costume design. It's so nice to see uh, that era of how Hollywood sets are and everything like that. The black and white and beautiful cinematography with the Hollywood Hollywood sets. So I'm a massive fan of Orson Welles and it was it was pretty sad not to see much of the portrayal of him. He's literally in the movie for a couple of minutes. He's played by uh, Tom Burke. The only film I recognised him in is that uh, Only God Forgives film. Uh, you know, the, by the director of uh, Drive, I forgot his name. But yeah, but he in the film, he looks so close to Orson Welles. At all. Like, so I was enjoying that, but he's only in it for a few minutes. But I understand why he's not in it much, because this is Mank's story on how Orson Welles, he was, he did... In Mank's perspective, Orson Welles did nothing in terms of writing the film. And uh, he's obviously he's quite annoyed that Orson Welles credited himself as a co-writer in the film of uh, um, Citizen Kane, and um, and talk, he just feels like he took all the stardom. And uh, yeah, so overall, as much as I love like this like kind of biopic and everything like that, I wanted to love this film so badly. I enjoyed it nonetheless but it was really it was kind of it was kind of just boring it just felt really long and it was nothing other than beautiful to look at i only continued in hope something interesting would happen and um, i feel like this is more of a if you are a lover of his like a hollywood history mm-hmm. definitely watch this film yeah and yeah that's all i have on that really Okay, so uh, moving forward, uh, we have, um, sorry, we uh, moving forward, we have uh, Jews and the Black Messiah, I apologize for that. Um, now, when I was doing my research for the film, uh, I noticed uh, with this one, now, this was nominated for six uh, Academy Awards, Best Picture, um, two Best Supporting Actor noms for uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Um, Best screenplay, best cinematography, best original song. Um, the one interesting thing about this, uh, the director, was that he's literally only done the TV shows. They picked him from the show High Maintenance on HBO, which is about the, um, a guy on the bicycle who delivers weed. And every episode's like, it's not an anthology show per se, but every episode's different. Where some of them are comedy, some of them are sad, some of them are weird it's um it's an interesting show but like i said he doesn't have any big movies or any movies to be honest i could even click on wikipedia or imdb to like they're all short films or tiny tiny indies 
Um, also, Jesse Plemons uh, from Breaking Bad, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I think he was in Snow Day, but uh, he is also known as Meth Damon, as many of the cool kids be calling him that. Um, <laughs> now, one interesting thing about this movie is that the writer on IMDb and the main one's Will Burson, but the actual origin of the movie idea for this particular script came from the Lucas twins. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just blanking. Keith and Kenny Lucas. Now, these are the two twins from 22 Jump Street. Uh, I know who you mean. The, the, yeah, I know. In the domes, in the with college. The, yeah, with yeah. the flipped up hats and the glasses and the beard, right? So the, the, these two guys uh, co-wrote the movie. Um, so the, these guys... Um, um, they, 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 uh, yes, they wrote the movie. Sorry. So, um, moving forward, um, one thing interesting about the movie that I was reading that um, due to the pandemic, they hired a composer, but the composer had, had never done any film composing. So they actually had hired two composers for this film, which is very rare. Um, but what they, what, what that created was kind of just like a, a level of professionalism, but also just a level where you have someone who was living in that era. Who knew the music and kind of knew who um, the feeling of what they needed, and I do think the music's one of the killer things in this uh, movie. Um, it's a it's a powerful, powerful movie. It's uh, essentially it's uh, it's hard it's hard to explain some of these movies. Cause I don't want to ruin it, but it's essentially uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's um, character is uh, pulled over, and he's kind of just like used by Jesse Plemons and the FBI to spy on the Black Panthers. Um, now, what, one, what the movie does is uh, they also in, uh, introduce the other um, Black Power um, teens. I don't want to say use the G word, but I'm just saying that the Black Panthers weren't the only uh, club or uh, club that, like, uh, that was playing for Black Power. Um, there was more of them. So you do see a few of the other ones. Um, it's a cool film. It's a very, like, I think you can say the same thing, Carl. This is probably one of your favorite films of the year. Oh, yeah. I, if anything, it's probably my favorite. Because it's like, I just loved it. It made me emotional. Like, uh, it, it's the fact that they're, they're fighting for the same thing right now still. And, like, still fighting for equality is still so relatable. And... Uh, even like this whole film in general, it just reminded me of. Uh, I remember mentioning it to you, like The Departed. It was literally like it had it had that feel to it, where he. But the only difference was is he was spying on the Black Panther. At the same time, he, in a way, you sense that he doesn't want to do it. But at the end of the day, it's like a, he feels like it's a dog eat dog world, and he doesn't care. He wants to get himself free. He was. He was pretty much, he was a big coward, like, let's be honest, but I feel like the movie didn't portray him as much of a, too much of a coward, because there was some heart to him in some, in some spaces, but that's all I have to say on that, really. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think we both recommend this, it's, I agree, it's the favourite, um, one of these guys will win Best Supporting. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you can find this on HBO Max, um, yeah. and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, moving on to you, man. 
Yeah, okay, so yeah, we're moving on to uh, Promising Young Woman, which has been nominated for five Oscars, uh, Best Picture, of course. Uh, actress in leading role, Carrie Mulligan, um, Best Director, Best Screenplay, and Film Editing. And so, yeah, so this film was uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell. Um, she's not really done much, well, she's not done any films per se, but she has wrote some uh, episodes of Killing Eve, which is, I think, it was the first series she wrote all of that, or at least partially. But and I love Killing Eve, Killing Eve is just amazing. And um, yeah, and it's starring uh, Kerry Mulligan, as we all know, from what well, I know her mainly from the, the love interest in Drive. She's also in other films like An Education, Shame, Never Let Me Go. And uh, the plot for this film, so it's a, a trauma traumatized by tragic by a tra- <laughs> traumatized by a tragic event in her past. And Cassandra, played by Kerry Mulligan, seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. And my thoughts on this film is uh, this is definitely the type of film we need in this day and age and well I think we always need this kind of film especially in Hollywood right now it covers every type of person when it comes to sexual assault or harassment this is not just the the victim or the person well the person who's uh, doing these crimes it's also the bystanders it touches it touches them as well it it, it and um, I just think Carrie Mulligan is fantastic amazing acting from her um, like you mentioned um, like like she, she's a really good actress um, it's like like you mentioned she doesn't over overact or anything like that and uh, like in this film like there's a lot of scenes where although it may be just in the writing itself but she doesn't have to say much like like her reaction to like the words that have been said to her her reaction does all the talking and um i that's i i admire her acting um and um a fun fact about this the title of this film promising young woman was actually inspired by the 2016 brock turner case where his lawyer said that this was a promising young man whose life will forever be ruined if this trial goes any further opposed to that the woman the the the, the woman's life that has already been ruined by the the rape and um that fact it makes me like it even more like it is a promise she is a promising young woman and um I feel like she. I, I was um, catfished by the trailer because the trailer implied that it was going to be a sinister, dark comedy revenge film. But I'm glad that I wasn't. It, I'm glad it wasn't anything like that because I'm because it, it had everything. It wasn't very. It wasn't violent. Of course, the topic of it, or everything like that, is very dark and sinister. But the whole film was all colourful, and yet had the dark elements. Had it, it's a comedy, 
but it's not really. It, it's mm-hmm. a thriller, but it's not really. It has almost every uh, genre in this film, and uh, yeah, that, that's whole I have for that. And but there, there's one more thing actually. The ending seems like it's open to interpretation. Almost, well, it's a solid ending. Like everyone, you you know, it's straightforward, but like there's like to think about what they mean by I don't want to obviously ruin it by anything but uh, a, a lot of people online have different views on why the ending was had to be like this had to be like that and it's interesting to see everyone's perspective on it I personally I enjoyed the the ending it, it felt unfortunately it felt unfortunate but it was real mm-hmm. that's how it how it kind of once you see it, you'll know what I mean. But um, I can always go over that again. Yeah, if you ever ask me. <laughs> and yeah, after you watch it though. And um, yeah, that, that's everything. All right. So moving on, we go to Minari, uh, starring Stephen Young, Han Yi Ri, Yoon Yu Jung. Um, the director and writer is Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, Lee Isaac wrote uh, and directed a, another one. He's one other big film. Uh, I'm gonna ruin this uh, pronunciation. Um, Muni Yarna Gabo. Uh, it's a 2007 film. It's filmed entirely in Rwanda uh, with local actors, and it's filmed in the the native tongue. So this guy is Korean, and he somehow filmed his first big movie, or his first movie, it seems like, or that got uh, accepted to Khan is filmed in an entirely different language that he doesn't speak. So it's definitely, I'm adding that to the list. I'm gonna show send you the link, yeah. sorry. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's just, that's cool. Um, but anyways, I, I do digress. Uh, Minari's, it's a semi-autobiographical film of the director. Um, his, um, it's about a family who moved to the US. Um, for greener pastures. In this case, the family, the, the father's uh, moving to the U.S. to start a farm. Um, they started in California, uh, but then they moved to the Midwest for better farmland. And their goal is to grow Korean vegetables. Um, now, this movie takes place uh, in, the, I believe, the 70s. So there weren't a lot of Asians or ethnic people. Um, the movie's all about family. Uh, I, um, how do I even say this? Listen, in the world today, racism, you see it every goddamn day. And sometimes it's just, I can understand. It's just like, it's there. I know it's there. It's just, it's as, it's just hard to see every single day. But in this movie, they actually didn't really touch upon the racism, racial, any, parts of that um they were a church going family so i guess the church accepted them excuse me so um really the, the movie was the family struggle of being in a new country and having almost like a business and they're putting all the money to the business to succeed um there's other layers to the movie such as the son uh, has a, a heart ailment um, and uh, in the, after the wife and husband, played by Stephen Young, who's nominated for Best Actor, I get into an argument. He decides to make it better for his wife by inviting his 
mother-in-law to live with them from Korea. So the grandma, played by Yoon Yoo Jung, um, is amazing. She's she skills the show. I hope she wins Best Supporting, but I don't know. Like, it's gonna be tough because all of her lines are in Korean or okay. like broken English, right? So I don't. I I think like I told you to watch because I think you'd love it. It's like anytime you see a snappy grandma. Because now you know we all love grandmas here yeah. at this podcast. Um, this was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It was. Uh, it was. I don't know. Both of our dads had businesses that have failed or done decent or whatever. So I kind of saw a little bit of ourselves in it. Um, Stephen Young. It, and one thing that's kind of cool is that um, the, the the mom or the wife, excuse me, and the, the grandma are both uh, Korean actors. So their primary language is Korean. While Stephen Young is. Um, He's more an American actor. I don't know. I can't tell if Korean or English is his primary growing up, but uh, he doesn't have an accent. Let's say you know uh, what I'm trying to say, or or maybe yeah. he hides it when he does his interviews. He he kind of has to play a like mm-hmm. English. English was not his first language here, so it was. Uh, I thought that was cool. It was, I thought he did well. Um, it's all about family. It's all about just the struggle that you have with your family and staying together is really what we all need to do right um but yeah i i hope i i think this is my best picture dark horse okay i i do think this has a good chance um of winning some of these awards if not best picture maybe best director but uh i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting Okay, so moving on to Nomadland. Uh, okay, so this film has been nominated for six films. Best Picture, of course, uh, ex, um, actress in leading role by uh, with uh, Frances McDormand, directing um, Chloe Zhao, and uh, got adapted screenplay by herself as well. Uh, film editing, cinematography, and so yeah, this film was written by. Uh, Written and directed by Chloe Zhao, which uh, I didn't know any films that she had done at all. So I feel like this is one of her, one of, like one of her only um, feature films. And uh, this film is, um, and I'm actually to be fair, I, I want to check her uh, other work out because um, this film was uh, pretty good. And uh, starring Frances McDormand, as we all know her from Fargo. And three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. If you want to think of a film uh, latest that was really good with her in it, and uh, the plot. So, a woman in her sixties, who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, goes on a journey through the American West, living as a band-dwelling modern-day nomad. And for those who don't know what nomad was, which was me included, because I used to just call them people who like to travel. Um, A nomad is a member of a community without fixed habitation, which regularly, which regularly moves to and from the same areas. Uh, Yeah. The only reason I know that word is because in like Sons of Anarchy, a nomad's a guy who doesn't belong to a specific clubhouse. He just kind of drives between them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. So my thoughts on this film. So I see this as a, a philosophy philosophic and poetic film 
with sadness and hope all welded into this one quiet and slow paced beautiful film yeah i i wrote this down uh, no one can ever say that um on top of the head so that's what my thoughts were straight away and i had to write it down and um so all the other characters in are, are actual real life nomads so they they weren't actually like actual actors they were actual nomads and uh, for like and there's a lot of co-worker uh, co-stars in that film didn't know that Frances McDormand was an actress like a, a proper actress mm-hmm. and there's a scene in the film there's no spoilers so don't worry um, there's a scene where she opens up about her husband passing away and it's like a really deep scene where she's just talking about her husband and everything like that and then after they shot that scene the co-star came up to her and said like Oh, and that he he went over to thank her that oh thank you for sharing with sharing that with me that means a lot kind of thing because <laughs> I feel like that everyone else was the other co-stars were probably given like uh, uh, to improvise like just tell talk about yourself and everything like that so she he actually thought that this story was um, real and then she was like no 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 I she was like oh no I, I my husband is very much alive and. Uh, Obviously, she was humble about it, but I would be like, oh, yeah, my husband is one of the greatest directors of all time. And I only just found this out today, but she's actually married to uh, Joel Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers. Oh, okay. I didn't know that at all. I was like, oh, my God, I'm amazed. Um, but yeah, so it makes sense why she's always in his films, though. Since Fargo, she's in the, the uh, Burn After Reading. And I, and I know I only mentioned two films. There's probably more. <laughs> but yeah, um other than that so the, the lifestyle of the character is quite miserable compared to the glamorized nomads we see online so like everywhere like when we look at nomads this is like this is my like to be honest i wish i was a nomad like that seems like the ultimate my way of life i would love to do that but this is a great way of like showing that yeah it's not all glamorized it's it is it is it gets cold and it's not, but obviously not everyone is in the right position to, like, with money and a nomad. Yeah, the ideal that you were, but yeah, it's showing that lifestyle, and it's it's quite. The film is quite cold, but it's like cinematography, like beautiful. And I wouldn't be surprised if it won best for cinematography, and best film I don't know, but we'll go over that soon after. So. Um, so going forward, uh, my last movie is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, it's, um, it is one, two, three, four, five, six. It's nominated for six awards. Uh, best Picture, Best Boarding Actor, Sasha Boring Korat. Korat? He just called, he just wanted to call him Borat. Sasha Boring Cohen. Yes, that, that is him. Uh, funny fact about this movie, I was re-watching the interview and this movie actually frightened him because he's never done a dramatic accent. He's only done comedic ones, which I would think comedic ones would be way harder, but uh, what he does is just, it's legendary. Um, so this movie is written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Michael Keaton, Yaya Abdul, uh, Eddie Rain- uh, Redman. Um, one cool thing about the movie was that uh, back in 2006, this was uh, 
an idea by Steven Spielberg, and he went to Sorkin's like, I would like you to write me a, a script for this idea. Um, the original plan was for um, the, I believe, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character to be played by Heath Ledger. But um, the day the call went out, I think it was the day before he passed away. Mm. So this this went on Steven Spielberg's back burner, and then eventually over the years, uh, Sorkin decided to direct uh, directed as well. Now, if you know Aaron Sorkin, you know he, if you you can tell an Aaron Sorkin script very clearly because it has a long monologue. It has it's just this is a a great. If you want to see what Aaron Sorkin can do, I would watch this movie. Um, it just it's he, he does a great job of directing and writing. Um, I have to describe the movie, but essentially it's a uh, it's a legal drama that uh, it's a sorry it's a legal drama about the the trial of the of the protests of the Vietnam War uh, back in the um, the sixties they made uh, like in they made enlistment mandatory for people above the age of eighteen um, many people were fighting against this mainly because it was a pointless war. It was, yeah, it was a white man's war, right? Yeah. Um, Aaron Sorkin specifically said that um, the, the reason why he um, the reason why he did this film was because even though the movie's film based in the 60s, it's still very much relevant to today. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, it's still the exact same thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, it's like, it's just black people, brown people, Asian people, we're all kind of fighting the bullshit still. Uh, we're still like, most of the wars that we fight are pointless. Um, but this is a movie that you can find on Netflix. I, um, it's a good movie, but I, 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 like, I don't know, man. I think this was kind of an iffy one for me. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it really much. Like, uh, I, uh, I just love courtroom films, like anything, to, even documentaries more than anything. But like when it comes to these things, especially when it's real, um, like on tree, it's a true story. But I, I don't know exactly what perspective, but there's certain things apparently that isn't 100% accurate in this film. But then again, most films aren't when it comes to true, based on a true story. But there is a few things that weren't. But other than that, Aaron Sorkin, like, he could write oh my god he wrote the fuck out of this script it was really yeah. I enjoyed it and uh... so okay okay so moving on to the last film of the other nominations is The Father nominated for six Oscars including Best Picture, of course. Actor, so actor in leading role, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Actress in supporting role, Olivia Coleman. Adapted screenplay, editing, and production design. Okay, so this film was directed by Florian Zeller. Um, I feel like this is his feature-length directorial debut. He normally write, um, is a play writer. He wrote the play for this film which was then adapted um, by um, Christopher Hampton, who wrote uh, Atonement and Dangerous Liaisons, Liaisons, which he won an Oscar for. And uh, this film is starring 
Anthony Hopkins, which is, of course, we all know him as Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs and a few other films. And Olivia Colman, as we all know her recently, she won an Oscar in for The Favourite, um, a film called The Lobster, which I love. We'll be talking about that director in a future podcast. And then, of course, she had a small role in Hot Fuzz, if you remember Edgar Wright's uh, little cop comedy cop film but yeah so that's my thoughts on this film so, so what this uh so what this film is actually about is it's about an old man who's uh slowly getting ill and he's getting he's, he's starting to get dementia and it's all from his perspective and this is definitely one of the most uh, emotional films I've seen in a while, other than, of course, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, that got me, my heart, like, sinking, but this film as well. And uh, Olivia Coleman is just amazing, as as per usual. Anthony Hopkins, probably the best performance from him that I've seen in a really long time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a solid film. It's really emotional, and I'm, I'm, I like that it's uh, it's... It's from the point of view of uh, the patient with dementia. And uh, it's about him just like slowly losing his sanity, but also like starting to like worry about like his family not caring about him, but then slowly he's, he's deteriorating into his dementia thing. And it is like shot quite, it's, it's good. It's fun stuff. I enjoyed it. So now, yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to the favourite and last bit, we, we're going to go through the um, Oscars, uh, all of them. We'll, we'll go through our guesses and our predictions and everything. And so for a forfeit, we have a lot of uh, people saying that the loser has to read a maybe a scene from a film from the choosing of the winner. So it, choose like an embarrassing one and you have to reenact everything in it. And um, so yeah, so let's go. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll uh, go through them. I'll I'll write it down for you as well, um, Gary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, we'll get right into this so the oscars 2021 play along ballot okay so actor in a leading role what do you who do you think chadwick boseman okay and i'm gonna go for um let's go for riz ahmed okay actor in a supporting uh, sorry docu well yeah actor in a supporting role no let's go documentary feature let's go Documentary feature. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the mole agent. The mole agent. Okay, I'm gonna go with Crip Camp. Okay, Pro- production design. Tenant. Tenant. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Mank. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, actor in a supporting role. I'm going to go Lakeith Stanfield. You're going to go, okay, Lakeith. I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, documentary short 
subject? Uh, Hunger Ward. I believe that's one of Oscar Isaac. Okay. Um, it's not, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Do Not Split. I don't. I'm just guessing with that one. I haven't seen it. So, an animated short film. Opera. Opera. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with Yes People. And uh, actress in a leading role. I think this is Francis McDormand's to take. So you're gonna go for that? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with that too, though. So let's do JNG. Um, film editing. Mm. I'll say sound of metal. I'm gonna say sound of metal. I would, but I feel like that would be more like sound. I feel like sound was actually more of it with the. With hearing thing and everything like that, but then again, I feel like that's not really much of a big deal. So you're gonna go sound with metal. I'm gonna go for uh, Nomadland. Yeah, that's a solid pick okay. for that one. Yeah, live action short film. Okay, maybe this is the one with the Oscar Isaac. I think it's the Leather Room. Damn it, that's the one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the one. one. I... <laughs> yeah, JNG. We're both going for the same one because that's the only one I've seen. Oh, yeah, okay. me too. Sorry, people. Yeah. We haven't seen all these films. We've seen all the best pictures, but not everything else. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, some of these are guesses as well. So, um, actress in a supporting role. The grandma from Minari, Yu Jung Yoon. Okay, yeah. So Yu Jung Yoon. I'm gonna go for Maria Bakalova in Bora because I feel like just because she won the uh, the Golden Globe for it, didn't she? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then again, who cares about the Golden Globes? They suck. Anyway, international feature film. Uh, gotta go with our boy, Mads Mikkelsen, for another round. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same because I like the director. He also made The Hunt, very good film. Anyway, sound. I'm gonna say sound of metal. What about you? I'm, I'm gonna go soul. Oh, okay. The weirdo. Yeah. Anyway, weird. animated feature film. I'm going soul again. Did you get the double? <laughs> double. Yeah, I'm gonna go for that too. Yeah, and um, makeup and hairstyling. I'm gonna go for Mike. I'll go for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, all right. Probably will win that now. Visual effects. I'm gonna go for Tenet. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to agree with you with that one. Yeah, uh, cinematography. This is a fucking hard one. Um, I, I, I'd say Nomadland or Mank or Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm I'm thinking Nomadland. You're thinking Nomadland. I'm gonna. The just... way she uses some of those colors, man. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and original score. Oh, this one's gonna be uh, Mank. You're gonna say Mank? Okay, I'm gonna go for. Uh, uh, I don't know, you know. Because <laughs> uh, is the Five Bloods really good? Though? I haven't seen that. That's the only thing. I feel like this is gonna win something. I mean, I'm gonna go uh, for Soul. Anyway, adaptive screenplay. 
Tiger was really good. But was it amazing? I don't I'm going to go Bora. Huh? I'm going to go Bora. Are you going to go Bora? Okay. I'm going to go for um, One Night in Miami. I, I heard some really good things about that. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I think, that, yeah. Costume design. I'm going to go... It's it's either going to be Mank or Ma... I'm going to go Ma Rainey. Okay, I'm going to go for Mank, cause, only because I know. But, yeah. Anyway, original song. Well, this one I'm not going to... I haven't even heard these all, like, recently. This one I kind of screwed up on. I'm just going to say Fight for Your Jews in the Black Messiah. Yeah, um... Okay. I'll probably... You go for that. I'm going to go for... Um, the same one. <laughs> and uh, original screen- screenplay. This one's either good for me. I think I I think these Minari. Minari. Okay, I'm gonna go for Judas and the Black Messiah. And directing. I'm gonna say uh, Nomadland. You're gonna say Nomadland. Yeah, I want. Just go with your instinct. You, know, you want to say Minari? Just say it. I want to say Minari, but I I just think it's it's too ethnic for anyone to vote. Yeah, and best picture. <laughs> Here we go. Here's the main one. Best picture. Think of this long and hard. I I really want to say Judas and the Black Messiah. That's because that's I feel like that is the most. Uh, relevant to the times right now like they're still fighting for that and I feel like the voters are going to be thinking that as well or maybe they're not because they're all uh, closet racists yeah yeah I, 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 that's um, I mean I'm going to the block of fighting right just those two guys are so good man um, it's a powerful story. I think the story's better than the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it just—it was an intense movie. So, which one are you saying, Judas? Judas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're both going for the same. And okay, so going forward, we don't know exactly what we're uh, what the forfeit is. We'll agree with something ASAP. And uh, yeah, so that's all for today, folks. And uh, it's been emotional. And um, let's just be just follow us on Instagram. It's uh, diluted confusion. Just, just, end the, just end it, man. Say say something. Say something to end it. <laughs> Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Uh, eat your vegetables. Eat your vitamins. Um, watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Have a good day.